Hello and welcome to this audio edition of the Ex-Mormon Files with host Earl Erskine. Thank you for joining us. On each episode of this program, Earl, a former LDS bishop, interviews a former Mormon guest about their journey out of Mormonism and into an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ. These stories are encouraging, fascinating, and often moving. For more information on the Ex-Mormon Files internet video program, please visit exmormonfiles.com. That's exmormonfiles.com. And now, here's Earl. Good evening and welcome to the Ex-Mormon Files here in the heart of Salt Lake City. I'm your host, Bishop Earl Erskine, and I'm uh, happy that you've joined us tonight. And we have a a special guest, uh, Paula Edens, is going to share her story. Paula's also had a bit of a cold over the last few days, so she's maybe taking a drink of water from time to time, but we appreciate you making the effort to be here. It's my you pleasure have, to be here. You have such an interesting story. You actually were born uh, in, in a Christian home, is that right? Yes, yes, I was born into a family who uh, were members of the Methodist and or Baptist Church. Wow and uh, was raised in that home under that, under the Christian faith uh, till I was about 18 years old well, when I left Did you go to home. church a lot then? Or? Yes, every Sunday. Wow, Went and what, what was that experience like for those that don't know that <sighs> well, growing up? Well, <laughs> honestly speaking, I think I went to see my friends. Okay. I, uh, we went to uh, church services and we went to Sunday school yeah. each Sunday. And I was anxious to see my friends, and uh, I did enjoy the sermons that were delivered over the pulpit. Yeah. Uh, but then I fell in love oh. when I was about 18 and um, ended up marrying a nice Mormon boy. Okay, and this was in, was it in Pittsburgh that you no, grew this, up? No, this was here in Utah. You were born in Pittsburgh. I was born in Pittsburgh. But you were raised, they, your family came out here and? Yes, I'm an Air Force brat. Oh, okay. My father's uh, military career brought us here to oh, Utah. Okay, and yes. so you were surrounded by Mormons and you find yes. this uh, Mormon boy and decide to marry him. Were your, were your parents, what did they think about this? Oh. They were very adamant against my dating, let alone marrying oh, a Mormon sure. boy. Yeah. Now he was probably looking for a, a Latter Day Saint girl. So did you? Did he try to convert you before you got married? Or no. In fact, he was not active in the church. Oh. And that was one thing that attracted me to him. And he didn't have that um, devotion to his faith that he wouldn't marry me in the Methodist Church, which is what we ended up doing. Oh, okay. Yeah. But then what happens? You. Uh, well, uh, friction began with really? my parents and I. Oh, with the parents. Yeah. And uh, then about three years after we married in 68, uh, we went to the temple. And my family discontinued any uh, conversation with me. Oh, wow. They literally disowned me. So did the missionaries start coming to visit with you? Well, or? that's an interesting question. Uh, yes, there were three sets of young missionaries that came to my home yeah. and attempted to convert me. But I, it just didn't sound right what they were telling me. Hmm. But then uh, I ended up going to work uh, 
at about age 21 up at McKay D Hospital in Ogden. Oh, okay. And there were two stake missionaries there and that we were working at, that the, were working at the hospital okay. on the same floors that mm -hmm. I was covering. And on break times we would talk about religion. Okay. And I really grew to trust these two men. And so we cleared it through uh, my stake president, who I didn't even know who that was. <laughs> but they called the stake president and got special permission oh. to teach me the lessons. And they were the ones who were able to accomplish the feat. <laughs> of getting you converted. Of getting me converted, yes. Did, was it a hard, hard sell? Were you, were you concerned about some of the things you were hearing? Or did you, what did you hear? Well, what were they teaching you? Um, I was a little bit offended by the youth of the boys coming in to teach about God and as missionaries, theological mean. things oh. as missionaries, yes. So I was much more comfortable with someone at least my age, and these men were a year or two older than me. But the message itself, were you Joseph Smith praying in the woods and seeing God and Jesus? Does we touched a little bit on that, but they did not carry out missionary discussions because I had oh. mentioned to them that I did not accept three sets of missionaries prior to that time. So they tossed the book aside. Oh. <laughs> and, and we discussed the... Um, story of Joseph Smith, the gospel itself. Yeah. Uh, the thing I fell in love with was the forever families idea. That's quite the, that's quite what, the idea. That's what convinced yeah. me to convert. So yes. you decided after a year or so, I guess, you went through the temple. Yes, went yeah. through the temple in 1972. Yeah. Uh, didn't have a real good experience in the temple. Kind of shocking, was it? Or? Oh, more than shocking, but particularly shocking uh, when I told my parents beforehand that we were planning on going to the temple. Oh, they, they can't go. Yeah. Oh, dear. And my father, interestingly enough, took me aside and he said, I'm going to tell you just about everything that you're going to see in that temple. And Even he, though it's not secret, but sacred. To the not, Masons, it's not and he was a mason. Oh my goodness. So he proceeded to go through some of the uh, handshakes, some of the things said in the Masonic temple, yeah, and right. I just brushed it off. You know, I thought, yeah. oh, it couldn't be that, that way, you know. Yeah. And so we proceeded to go to the temple in November of 1972, and um, I just remember the one thing that just Oh, it just devastated me. It was the part where um, Satan is um, accusing Christian ministers mm -hmm. of being employees of his own. Yeah. And at that point in time, um, I think my mind just wandered. I went through the rest of the ceremony. Uh, we had our endowments and we were sealed. Yeah. But my husband, bless his heart, was very supportive. Uh, up until the time we had prepared to go to the temple, he was not active. Oh. He only did this because I wanted to go to the temple. Oh my. So while we, we were there in the endowment session, he looked over at me and I looked over at him and he knew we had a problem with what had just been said. 
because he knew I had been raised by these Christian ministers, and this man fell in love with me. So yeah. he oh. was a little confused at that moment as well. Oh, did you ever go back to the temple? No, I never returned oh. to the temple wow. until um, it was about 1992 oh. that I went back. And then there were some changes after that, right? Yes, yeah. I, I had expressed to him that I would never return to the temple unless those cruel, embellished remarks would be removed. And as you know, by 1990, yeah, they were. They were changed. So I, I knew about that, but I didn't actually return until I married my subsequent husband in 1992. Oh. That was the first time I returned to the temple. And you married him in the temple? Yes. Oh. And yes. did you feel like anything was different? Your father, I guess, had been correct about the signs oh, and yes. tokens and oh, handshakes. Oh, yes. I became a very humble child at that point yeah. because we had also, he had also told my husband. So my first husband knew all about what was going to wow. happen as well. So we were both shocked. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've since, uh, when we first came out too, I looked up the internet, on the internet, Masonic or under Masons, and found all those uh, phrases and uh -huh. all those things that we did so, so sacredly in the temple, and, and oh, there yeah. they are. Yeah. And uh, an interesting uh, thing that I found out, I, I do a lot of travel and research, and I've done a lot of church history research yeah. over the last four or five years. And uh, I went back to Kirtland, Ohio on a recent trip and learned there that there was no uh, endowment ceremony as we know it today performed in the Kirtland Temple. Oh, it was oh. only after Joseph Smith and his followers were run out of Kirtland and he went to Nauvoo that the actual endowment cer ceremony that we're familiar with today was incorporated into the Nauvoo Temple. I was shocked when I learned that or came to that conclusion that here, here the Nauvoo or the Kirtland Temple didn't have any of those handshakes and all that. And it wasn't until he joined the Masons right. and uh, that then it got put into the Nauvoo Temple. Yeah. It's shocking, really. It really is. And and I'm a, uh, I'm a perpetual student. Yeah. I love to learn about church history and doctrine and, and other disciplines And that can uh, be dangerous, well. right? Yes. In fact, my bishop uh, cautioned me, and that put up another red flag immediately. What did he say? Well, he, he alluded to the fact that you can literally study yourself out of the church, which he knew I was doing at that time, because I would bring questions to him, and he either couldn't or wouldn't answer them. And that was another red flag. I well, couldn't see any problem talking about the history of the church and, and the, how the doctrine and evolved. And the truth shouldn't change, and it should right. hold up to scrutiny, don't you think? Exactly, I exactly. Mean, yeah. and, and we know from the Bible that God doesn't change, but I was finding all these changes throughout the Book of Mormon. Uh, oh, boy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but one thing I did learn, uh, I, I was very studious with the Book of Mormon, read it cover to cover, and I didn't find it all that offensive the first time I went through it, because the 1830 edition, Joseph Smith, Joseph Smith still believed in a triune God. I think so, too. Yes. I believe that, too. So I was fine 
up until... Sounded right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it wasn't until about the 18, late 1830s that he, his doctrine evolved. Yeah. And I picked up on that uh, by reading the first visions. Yeah, the uh, different accounts. Yeah. Yes, the yeah. first vision accounts. Yeah. And I found that they had evolved yeah. uh, from seeing uh, God, uh, one God, to uh, God and angels, to God and Jesus Christ. Right, eventually. And <laughs> eventually yeah. in the 1838 version. Right. Yes. Right. What kind of shocked me too was the lectures of faith where he said that God's a spirit. And yes. then a few years later he says that God has a body of flesh and bones. And, he, and yes. then he says, I've always taught that which is so amazing, <laughs> yeah. One thing that kind of was interesting in your story that I kind of uh, caught on to was, was when you did uh, temple work, I, I mean, uh, family history. Yes. Well, that's kind that of, just a little bit. Well, that's kind of what led me into more and more study. Um, I loved doing the temple work. I loved doing the genealogy work. Yeah. I thought I was doing a favor for my ancestors. Yeah. But then I thought, well, there's got to be more to this. I'd really like to go and visit the places these people lived. Oh, that's when you... Well, if you know Pennsylvania geography, Pittsburgh and Bedford, where I went every summer, are not that far from Harmony, Pennsylvania. Oh, okay. And uh, so I, I went over to Ohio, up to Harmony. On my last trip, I even made it as far as Palmyra. And I just learned more and more and more false teachings, false, or well, the history was dubious to yeah. say the least. Yeah. And changed. And changed, yeah. yes, yes. But I did make a point in uh, Kirtland. We'll go back to Kirtland for okay. just one minute. I met with an RLDS spokesperson at the Kirtland Temple. And this man, was just wonderful. I was the only visitor that day. I think that was an appointed yeah. time that yeah. I was to be there, yeah. but he took me through the temple and showed me all these things in the 1830 edition of the Book of Mormon, and they have that for sale on their shelves, and you don't find that very often here yeah. in Utah. Yeah. So I purchased the Book of Mormon, the Pearl of Great Price, uh, the hymnal, and the Book of Commandments. Oh boy. And I started going through those and I found changes. So again. much information had been changed. Yes. How do you think most LDS don't know that, right? I wouldn't think so unless they make the effort yeah. to do the research and go to the places that I've mentioned. In fact, I've asked this question before, but if the LDS knew what you knew, or what you and I know now, what do you think they would do? They wouldn't join the church. <laughs> wouldn't join the church? Do you think they could even believe that, that they were being led by a prophet at that point? Well, I think it all depends on your background in who God really is and who was Jesus. Yeah. I didn't catch that in my youth, early adulthood, going to Christian. the Christian churches I went to. I must have not been paying attention. You, you were there for your friends. <laughs> I was there for my friends. So that escaped me. Yeah. I didn't realize that Jesus was God incarnate. Yeah. 
Yeah. That never sunk in until I started researching. And yet, that these is things. so much the Christian message. Yes. So you were uh, you were busy <laughs> with other I things. I was much I busy. Assume, yeah. <laughs> well, so uh, these questions that came up, do you you were, you mentioned that you'd asked other people about them or brought them up to the attention of a bishop or somebody and. Yes. And they just didn't have answers for you? They didn't want to have answers for oh. me. <laughs> Did they want to look at anything you'd... They would direct me to other LDS-approved literature. And I, I was very familiar with a lot of the literature. Yeah. As I mentioned, I would, I would read the Ensign cover to cover. When it came out at the first of the month, I had finished it two days later. Yeah. And I, I looked at a lot of uh, prophets' teachings. Yeah. I went through, early in my, uh, my LDS walk, I read Hartman Rector's books. Mm. And if anyone converted me, it was through his teachings. And I, I told my bishop, I said, well, can't you just answer this question? Is is there a possibility God could be a triune God? And if not, why? Yeah. Because that's what the Bible teaches. That's what the Book of Mormon teaches. Yeah, it really does. Yes, yeah. and, and he, he couldn't answer me because he, he either knew that the Book of Mormon taught about a triune God or he just wanted to shuffle it under the table and, and stop not, my not questions. Yeah. Yes. Well, so you go through this process, and, and what happens? I mean, you, you, does it become more and more difficult to go to church and listen to the oh, lessons and so on? Yes. The past couple of years were real rough. Yeah. Um, I, I had really hoped that all of it was true when I first joined, but then every time I'd go to sacrament meeting or every time I would teach a Relief Society lesson out of the books yeah. on the prophets, the more I taught out of books on the prophets, the more I wondered, why aren't we learning about Jesus? Where is Jesus in this church I've been a member of for 40 years? Yeah. So that was a question I brought up that to my bishop. a big thing for us, too. Well, the next thing I knew, uh, a year ago last Christmas, I was asked to talk about Jesus in sacrament meeting. For Christmas? For, for Christmas. They wow. had decided to study Jesus yeah. since his birthday was coming yeah, up. Yeah. And I prepared a lesson. Uh, my home teacher came over and approved it. And what they didn't quite understand is I got a lot of my information from Lee Strobel's book, The Case, well, two books, The Case for Christ and The Case for Christmas. Mm. And in The Case of, for Christmas, there was a story about a woman um, who was very poor, had two or three children in the home, and some people came to visit her, and she was just so grateful that they had come. And they said, well, what, what, what do you want? What, what can we give you for Christmas? And she said, I've already gotten it. The world has already gotten it. Jesus, Jesus is the best Christmas gift I could ever have. That's wonderful. And so I gave you that. You that story. I told that story. Yeah. And they never asked me to talk over the pulpit again. again. <laughs> I'm not surprised. <laughs> what I know there's a kind of maybe a, a different approach to the question, but what have you given up as uh, coming to, to Christianity? So after you 
had gone through your process, it sounds like you, well, maybe we've jumped ahead too far, I'm sorry, but so, so did your husband stay with you with this change, or did he? No, but the church was not the cause of our divorce, oh, my okay. first husband. Yeah. Uh, my second husband uh, it was a little bit difficult, and uh, as I've he said. He wasn't happy about this. He was study. not happy, yeah. no. Uh, we would end up arguing, and it, it put a rift between us. Mm -hmm. But at that point in time, I was willing to stay in the marriage. Yeah. I didn't pursue it. Uh, but then uh, other things came up, and we subsequently separated, which gave me more time to study even deeper. And yeah. that's how I got to go on the trips oh, okay. that I had gone on. So had I been with him, I still would probably be a member of the church. Wow. So family, did they accept the, any of the family accept these changes in your I'm sorry process? to say I lost my parents both before I actually made oh. the conversion back to Christianity. Oh. So I, I hope they... would be able to tell them, and they, they know. Yeah, yeah, I think they know. Yeah. Yeah. They would be very happy. Yeah, I'll bet they would. Yeah. They'd be thrilled. But... Uh, friends, family, I guess, other family members? And well, I, I am going through the, shun the shunning process with the LDS Church. I've lost every friend except one. I have a, a girlfriend yeah. who I worked with for 30 years, and she stuck with me. Mm -hmm. And I have made so many more friends in Christianity yeah. than I could ever hope to have. They've been wonderful. Was that difficult to go to a Christian church no. the first time? No. No? No. In fact, I've, I've been affiliated with campus, yeah. and I truly enjoy that. However, I, I'm thinking of visiting a few churches. Yeah. Well, that's one supplement. of the freedoms we have, yeah. isn't it, in mm -hmm. Christ, and mm -hmm. to go. Well, what, uh, so after your uh, experiences and, and the divorce and all, you've You've spent more time and traveling and study and learning more, I guess, about church history, right? Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to add, though, my, my ex-husband uh, doesn't speak to me now oh. since I actually sent in my letter to the oh. church. And I happen to Let's have a copy of my letter. Yeah. <laughs> it's you a 12-page <laughs> letter that I wrote to the First Presidency. I sent it to my stake presidency, my bishopric, and every member of the ward who I who had befriended me. Yeah. So it's gone out to a lot of people. <laughs> you wanted to share just a couple of scriptures or a couple of thoughts from it, <clears throat> and I think this is available on YouTube or or no, not, not yet. Not on um, if if uh, the listeners would like to contact you. I would be yes, happy. They could do that. I would be happy to provide them I think with a copy or an emailed copy. Okay, yeah. at exmormonfiles.com, they can contact me, and I'll be happy to make sure they get a, a copy. Yeah. It's a wonderful read. Oh, and, thank you. Uh, yeah, it's it's a great. And uh, do you think anybody would ever respond to you from the first presidency down? <laughs> no one has yet. No. I hope they do, but I doubt. Hope somebody reads it because. Yeah. There's so many people that have had these heartfelt experiences and given up family and friends mm -hmm. for what they know now to be true. Oh, yeah. And the questions we've had about church history and doctrine mm -hmm. that uh, most Mormons just don't know about. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, um, the uh, LDS Church, as I find it, does not trust the Bible. 
No. And um, if we read John 8, 31 through 32, Jesus said to his followers, If ye continue in my word, then ye are my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And then in John 17, 17, he goes on. Jesus asked his uh, intercessory prayer, and he said, Sanctify them by thy truth. Thy word is truth. And to me... That's the Bible. It's the Bible. Jesus didn't qualify that by saying, (laughs) if you continue in the LDS doctrine, the Book of Mormon, all of these things, you will discover truth. No, No, it doesn't say that. There should be no one between us and God. The Lord Jesus Christ is our mediator. He's our truth. He's our life, and He's our light. So did you notice a difference between the Mormon Jesus and the Christian Jesus? Oh, most definitely. (laughs) Um, That is what brought me out of the church um, very quickly, was when I learned who Jesus was. Jesus was divine. He was not a created man, and He was not placed on this earth to gain a body, to prove himself, to go back to his heavenly Father. And through he his is right. the only almighty yeah. God. Yeah, and through his righteousness and his sacrifice, we can be uh, cleansed. Yes. Yeah, isn't that a wonderful story? It's through story? his and it's righteousness. it's so different from, from Mormonism, where yes. he's our elder brother, and he yeah. just picks us up after we've done all we can do. Well, it's the Mormon so doctrine diminishes Christ to... He's, he's just a man. Yeah. He did a great thing for us, yeah. according to the doctrine of the church, yeah. but he's still just a man. He's our brother. Yeah, and they say that he's the God of the Old Testament. Well, we've got just a 30 or 40 seconds left, well, believe it or not. What would you tell the Latter-day Saints? Listeners, I would say pick up your Bible and read the Gospel of John to start. Read it with new eyes, new heart, and ponder and pray that you will receive wisdom and discernment. Don't, I know that it's true, but it's up to you to search it out for yourself. And I admonish you to do that. Your salvation depends on it. And read what Jesus did say and what he didn't say, just like you're saying. There's no no indication that he ever talked about the LDS church or anything else. Right. Well, we appreciate you, Paula, so much. You've got a sweet spirit and a great story. We appreciate you watching tonight. Remember, you're following the gospel of Joseph Smith, not the gospel of Jesus Christ. Good night. This has been the audio edition of The Ex-Mormon Files. The Ex-Mormon Files is a production of Main Street Church of Brigham City. For information about this program, including past and current video episodes, please visit exmormonfiles.com. From there, you can also download audio episodes of this program. If you have an Ex-Mormon story you would like to share, we'd love to hear from you. Please write us at contact at exmormonfiles.com. Thank you for listening, and we hope you'll tune in again soon. Thank you.